0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Whole 9 Draft Podcast. I'm your co-host, Alex Katzen. Um, We have a very special episode for you today with a very special guest, whose voice you may have heard before, because it is the return, the triumphant return, of my co-host, Josh Berg. How you doing, Josh?
1: I'm back. I'm actually doing really good, man. The uh, couple days off, weeks off, whatever you want to call it, it was just good for me. Um, You know, had a lot of stuff going on. So, just I'm glad to be back in the in the hosting chair and talking about the NFL draft.
0: Yeah, glad to have you back, man. It's been a you know, we've kind of gone on hiatus kind of as a show, you know, I wasn't super motivated to record episodes by myself, which is why Josh brought me on in the first place cuz he wasn't super motivated to <laughs> Exactly. record episodes by himself. It's a hard job. Yeah, you know it is. I don't want to I don't want to be talking on a wall for an hour, but Right. Anyway, Um, We have a great episode planned for you guys today. Um, We're going to end it with our seven-round mock series. We're on to the Arizona Cardinals, who own pick number eight in the upcoming NFL draft. Um, Before that, we're going to do a little free agency recap, talk about three deals each and one trade each that uh, are going to affect this year's draft. Um, So not necessarily like our favorite deals or the deals that mean the most in 2020 for those teams, but the deals that we think make the most impact on the draft. And then we have a very special uh, betting segment for you guys. Uh, Josh and I picked some over-unders that we're going to draft related over-unders that we're going to uh, bet on. And the loser has to write a positive article about a draft prospect of the winner's choosing. So if I lose, I'm going to have to write about Bryce Perkins, and I'm fairly confident (laughs) that this is the case. Yeah, I haven't picked who Josh will have to write. About, uh, but I'm will, I'm kind of scared honestly, but because I've
1: I've made my public opinions on prospects that I'm not the biggest fan of yeah. pretty wide open and they're pretty widespread. So yeah. Alex has a you bunch know, of prospects be to choose from. Diggs. That probably honestly, Diggs. and we're gonna talk about this later. But I'm I'm so happy that no one's gonna link the Vikings to Trevon Diggs anymore. I'm mm, so happy.
0: I don't know about nobody.
1: I if anyone does, less it, people for sure. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um. But before we get started, guys, uh, make sure that you are following all of us on Twitter. Uh, you can follow this show at WNDraftPod. You can find me at Alex Katzen. That's Katzen with a K. Follow Josh at Berg 611 Follow Whole9Sports, our parent company, at Whole9Sports. Make sure you go to Whole9Sports.com, read all of our latest articles. Um, I'm going to have some scouting reports going up this week. Uh, since I'm under self quarantine. Due to coronavirus, I've been getting a lot of work done, so hopefully uh you guys will enjoy that content. Josh, do you have anything in the works that you want to plug?
1: I'm gonna have a brand new series that I'm not gonna give too much away, but hopefully I'm gonna have the article done Mm -hmm. by the end of the week and have it published maybe by uh Monday or Tuesday. I wanna have it sent to you, you and Brandon to edit and send over. But I'm not gonna, you know, tease too much about it. It's a brand new series i had you and brandon look over it you guys both seem really excited about it so i I'm, i know i'm really excited about it it's creative it's different and uh i just i'm gonna hopefully get all 32 teams done
0: yeah yeah so i know what you're talking about but the people will not until it comes out so make sure you guys stay tuned for that again that's whole 9 com. um and let's see let's just get right into it for that? sure all right so we're gonna start with a little free agency recap like i said. We're both going to pick three deals in one trade that we think are going to affect the upcoming NFL draft. Uh, Josh, do you want to kick it off? Sure. So the
1: first move that I chose is Dante Fowler. Um, He signed with the Atlanta Falcons today to a three-year, $48 million deal. Um, I don't exactly have the guaranteed money in front of me. Um,
0: I don't know if it's out yet. I don't know if it is.
1: Yeah, so guaranteed numbers and structure have yet to be released. But I think this is significant because I know, at least for myself, I've been linking Atlanta to a lot of edge rushers at pick 16. Whether well, that was AJ oh. Epinesa before he had the bad combine, or Kevon Chason, on, um, a little bit of Yeter Gross Really I had them going edge rusher in some way, shape, or form at pick 16 for the most part. And now that they bring in Dante Fowler to kind of replace uh, Vic Beasley, that really kind of shapes the draft in an interesting direction. Because I don't know, it seems like they, they're going to go full force secondary at pick 16 so you could see guys like cj henderson or christian fulton xavier mckinney rise up the boards a little bit to atlanta's you know range at pick 16 um now that edge rusher is not necessarily a primary need for them fowler really good player coming off a really good season the rams losing pretty much every piece left and right not having a whole lot of draft picks so it's gonna be interesting to see what they end up doing with todd Gurley and all that stuff but atlanta at 16 now is kind of a wild card to see what they end up doing
0: yeah, definitely. I think it's interesting for both teams on team, but the teams on both sides of this deal, right? So, like you kind of touched on with the Falcons, we've been talking a lot, of, a lot about edge rushers, right? I think I've kind of had Caleb on Chase on, sharpie in at that pick, right. for the last couple months, and now it looks like you know, you know, aside, Caleb on Chase on, being a complete athletic freak who might not be there at sixteen, um, we've also seen we also now are thinking that the Falcons probably won't go edge. Um, like you said, secondary is an option. I think another thing to look out for them too is if Javon Kinlaw starts to fall, I think he'd be a really oh good fit God. next to Grady Jarrett there. Um, if Kinlaw makes it to 16, obviously it will it remains to be seen. Um, but defensive tackle, not historically a position of huge value, you know, so I think we could see him and Derek Brown kind of slip down the board a little bit more than people are expecting. For sure. And for the Rams, like you said, They've got a lot of holes. We're going to touch on another one in a second here, Um, but there's a lot of holes opening up on that team and they really don't have the capital to fix it. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see if they decide to kind of try to plug as many of those as they can in, you know, the remaining uh, weeks of free agency and then in the draft as well, or if they're going to kind of trade back from that second rounder that they have a couple of those other picks and kind of try to accumulate more picks in the middle rounds and just trust their drafting process. Um, But I think this is a very interesting deal for both teams.
1: Well, and I think, too, is a name that's kind of been floating, kind of rising up draft boards, is C.J. Henderson lately. Um, Mm -hmm. He's my corner three currently, probably going to be corner four once I finish evaluating uh, Jeff Gladney. Um, Sure. But he's someone that the NFL seems to have almost sharpied in at corner two. So after Akuda goes, which we're assuming top five, top seven... Um, Henderson's been linked to the Jags at nine. I think the Falcons could be in play there at 16, um, especially with them cutting Trufant. Um, They now need help at corner for sure. So I think he's a name that should be um, on the radar for Atlanta as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Moving now to my first deal, I picked Corey Littleton. Heartbroken by this move. Um, Yeah, I'm very upset about this one, Um, both because I think Corey Littleton's a good player and having to watch him in silver and black is going to be uh, disgusting I hate the Raiders Um, (laughs) but also because we if you've listened to the show before if you've read any of Josh or content before you guys know that we were huge fans of the idea of sending Kenneth Murray to the Raiders loved it whether it be a 12 or at 19 whatever pick it was we wanted Kenneth Murray on the Raiders we thought that fit was perfect we thought it was going to be amazing we thought it was for sure going to happen And then the Raiders go out and they sign Corey Littleton and they sign Nick Kwiatkowski from Chicago. And now all of a sudden, the Raiders don't necessarily need a linebacker anymore. And so, again, I think that you're going to see them probably go receiver corner with those first two picks. What order it goes in is probably going to depend. I lean towards saying they're probably going to go receiver at 12 because they'll probably be able to get Judy, Lamb, or Ruggs. And then at 19, probably take a corner, whether that is C.J. Henderson or a Christian Fulton, or a Jeff Gladney type. Um, but Kenneth, Kenneth Murray's probably not going to be a Raider, and that that makes me a little sad.
1: Yeah, so this does a couple different things. As you mentioned, the the Murray to the Raiders thing, it's really sad because I feel like Alex and I have kind of been on like, the leaders of this hype train about putting him in the silver and black. Um, we thought the fit was perfect. They needed a rangy athletic linebacker, and they signed that in free agency instead. So what I think that does is, it not only eliminates Murray to the Raiders, but also in some mocks where we've seen Isaiah Simmons fall to 12, which I don't think is going to happen anymore. Um, but, you know, earlier on in the process, we saw Simmons being linked to the Raiders potentially too. I don't think they're going linebacker at all in round one. Um, wide receiver corner, I think, is the direction they're going to go to. I lean that they probably want Henry Ruggs would be my guess. Um, out of the three receivers that are there, I think that he'd complement the system they want to have the most. Um I think that if their their ideal board would be, um, and I texted you this earlier, I think it'd be Henry Ruggs at twelve and then a the Christian Fulton at nineteen. But yeah. as much as we don't like him, I think if one team were to take Trayvon Diggs in round one, I think it would be the Vegas Raiders. Um, I agree. I don't think he deserves to go at nineteen, but I think they're you know we've seen with their previous draft history they like these guys coming from winning programs. Diggs was in the winning program at Bama. I think that that could be a name to look out for at 19. I wouldn't do it. I don't expect it to happen, but if it did happen and it does happen come April, you heard it here first. So moving on from one linebacker to another, um, my next guy is Joe Shobert to the Jags, who signed a five-year, $53 million contract um, with Jacksonville yesterday, and I think this is a huge move for Jacksonville, and it implicates the draft in a lot of different ways, and um, the first is Jacksonville's been linked to Isaiah Simmons a lot, at least for me. I don't know where you've been um, on that link, but I know I've mocked Isaiah yeah, Simmons to the Jags a lot. Um, and now I feel like they they won't take him um, at pick nine because now you have two linebackers that are really good players. You can now move Miles Jack outside. Um, Showbert can be the middle linebacker. So now I don't think they're going to go um, linebacker in round one. They don't need to. Um, so the Jags, I feel now need a corner. Um, we've kind of touched on offensive line. Um, I think, uh, Javon Kinlaw would be a great fit for the Jags. I just did a, a Jags mock draft that gave them Kinlaw pick nine. So with show, now going to the Jags. The Jags now have, are kind of like a wild card where they want to move up and be aggressive for like Jeff Akuta or package some picks and move down. They can do a, a lot of different things and control the top 10.
0: Yeah, Definitely um so as far as this move scheme wise is going to work I think uh Miles Jack is going to move back to the outside which is something that Jags fans have kind of been clamoring for um Joe Schobert will probably play in the middle um in that 4-3 Jaguar scheme and so like you said linebackers no longer a concern for them um I think as far as pick nine goes I'd look at You know, maybe a wide receiver if Jacksonville feels like they don't have a true number one guy. You know, if they really fall in love with someone through the process, um, whether that be Jerry Judy, Ceedee Lamb, Henry Ruggs, whoever. Um, But then also, like you said, maybe a corner, you know, depending on who's there at nine, I think corner two is probably at a lower tier than I would be comfortable with at pick nine. But if they feel like corner is a desperate need for them, they could, you know, maybe take a corner there. Um, Like you said, interior defensive line, which Yvonne Kinlaw would be good. Um, offensive tackle probably we've talked about you know Cam Robinson maybe moving inside to guard and so tackle or guard is a need but probably not both Um, so it'll be interesting what they do I think that they'll probably go I want to say that they'll go either wide receiver or offensive tackle at nine and then corner at 20 just because I feel like that'll be where the value is Um, but I could definitely see like a Javon Kinlaw pick maybe even Derek Brown if he falls that far um You know, as we touched on earlier, we've kind of seen defensive tackles slip down the board. So, like, if he makes it there to nine, I think Derek Brown would be the ideal scenario for Jacksonville.
1: Well, and I think a name that I've kind of talked to you about, I wouldn't be surprised knowing Jacksonville if they were to just take CJ Henderson at nine. Um, Yeah. I know you and I don't see the value there um, because I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's both of ours corner three or corner four at this point in the process. I think Um, I have him at four. Yeah. So, I think. I think he's at three for me right now until I evaluate Gladney, but
0: um, yeah, same for me.
1: So it's 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 pretty close. Um, but the Jags, I've you know, and if you go on Twitter and you know talk to different sources, a lot of them think that the Jags could go Henderson at nine um, because corner yeah. is now such a big desperate need for them. You know, not having Boye or Ramsey um, on the right. roster, well, I don't even know who their corner one is um, at this point. So corner is definitely a big need for them. Um, but I think it's more likely than not they address the offensive side of the ball at pick nine, like you mentioned, either going one of the top-tier receivers. Um, if they were to go one, I would think it'd be Judy um, to yeah, complement the them. pieces that they have. I don't think it'd be Ruggs. I think Rugs would be kind of redundant. But yeah. um, I think it would have to be Judy at nine and then um, going with a defensive back at pick 20, whether that's a corner or, you know, it's like Xavier McKinney. Um, but this really does change a lot for you know the Isaiah Simmons things um, side of things because I think nine was kind of the spot where a lot of us had him kind of like stopping his free fall if you will. Now mm-hmm. does he go earlier? Does he fall later? It's gonna be interesting for sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, the next deal that I picked to talk about is my favorite player in NFL history. Uh, it's Philip Rivers to the Indianapolis Colts. He signed a one-year, twenty-five million dollar deal with them. Um, This is kind of paired with the DeForest Buckner trade. Uh, The Colts traded 13 overall for DeForest Buckner. And what those moves in tandem say to me is that the Colts are out of the market for a quarterback in this year's draft. You know, we've heard that the Colts are, you know, the Colts were reportedly um, very interested in Jordan Love. But now, without a first-round pick, that's probably not going to come to fruition. Good. So, to me, it seems like they're pushing that quarterback need to 2021 and beyond. Maybe they'll take a late round flyer on someone, but with Rivers and Jacoby Brissett already on the roster, um, plus the trade for DeForest Buckner, it seems more like they're making a push for right now. And I think that they're well positioned to win the AFC South as it currently stands, um, due to some other moves that we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but they seem poised to win the AFC South. They have a, you know, I think the defense is solid. Um, Rivers is an upgrade over Brissett. I think. And yeah, so sure. Now it's just gonna be about adding a couple pieces to kind of really fill out that team. I think the two biggest needs that they had coming into this offseason were quarterback and interior defensive line. Mm-hmm. Both of those mm-hmm. have been filled now. Yep. And so, you know, Paris Campbell's gonna be healthy this year, but like maybe you add another receiver. Uh T. Y. Hilton's, you know, kind of starting to slow down just a little bit. Um, so maybe you add another receiver to kind of complement those two guys. You could go edge rusher, you know, Jabal Shear and Justin Houston are still there, but they're a little bit older. Ben Bonobi's is probably more of a developmental player at this stage than anything else. So you could go there. You know, you, there's a lot of different directions that they could go, and it's going to be interesting, especially now that their first pick isn't going to be until day two of the draft.
1: Yeah, so they, they have picked 34, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes. They have Washington's second-rounder. Um, I could see them pull a trigger at quarterback at 34. And now hear me out. Um I think Jacoby Brissett could potentially get moved. Um, there's been rumors swirling. There's been rumors swirling around that New England might want to try and get him back. Um, now that True. you know, there's a, oh yeah, I have seen that. that Tom Brady's no longer a Patriot. Um, I think <clears throat> the Patriots are going to kind of scour the QB trade market, like an Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Jacoby Brissett. If they pull the trigger on Brissett, hey. Rivers is only on a one-year deal. Maybe the Colts bring in a Jacob Eason or a Jake Fromm or someone and have him sit behind Rivers and develop, and maybe he becomes the quarterback after Rivers contracts up or Rivers retires or whatever. Um, I don't think that's likely, but I think it's a scenario that more people need to be talking about. Um, As far as everything you said, I think it's pretty much spot on. The guys that I was mocking to the Colts pretty much day in and day out was Jordan Love and Javon Kinlaw. Now neither of those are gonna happen because they brought in DeForest Buckner and Phillip Rivers. So I think corner is a corner is a need, receiver's a need, edge rusher is kind of an underlying need maybe for the future, not necessarily for right now, but for the future. Um so I think the Colts can go a couple different directions. They're in win now mode. Um I think they're the I think they are the best team in the AFC South. Um I think them and Tennessee are gonna be a lot of fun to go watch go back and forth this year for sure. So my next uh, pick here, my final one for free agency, is actually something that just happened a couple hours ago, and that was a uh, Desmond Trufant to the uh, Detroit Lions. Two years, twenty one mil. Um, he was cut by Atlanta, I believe, yesterday. Um, yeah. And then. You got the long, by the way. Yeah, for sure. And Go now he's going TV. to Detroit, and I think this implicates the draft. Not so much as what the Lions are going to do at pick 3 or pick 5 or pick 6. I think that Akuda still should be their primary target with their first round pick. But it now does uh, a couple different things for them as far as Darius Slay. So Darius Slay, after they signed Trufant, um, has been pretty vocal on Twitter about how he wants to get out of Detroit. He doesn't like the management. doesn't like the ownership. He wants to get out of there. He wants a new deal. Now I think... You could see some teams potentially offer a first or second rounder for Darius Leigh, and Detroit's in a position where Matt, Patricia, and Bob Quinn are fighting for their jobs. So they need to add as much talent to their team as possible. So the more picks you have to potentially hit home runs and get uh, star caliber players and starter caliber players excuse me, on the roster, the better. So I think having Trufant, who's still a really good corner, I think he was cut more because of uh, cap casualty as opposed to you know, bad play on the field. So him and Akuda can still be a very good one-two corner duo in the NFC North. And now you potentially, for Detroit, you can now add a couple more picks of ammunition to add more players, whether that's on the offensive side for Stafford or on the defensive side to replace guys like A'shaun Robinson, who you lost, and Devon Connard and Quandre Diggs, who you cut for cut and traded for almost no reason.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think... As as far as Darius Slay goes, you know, Philadelphia is probably the team that's kind of lurking.
1: Yeah, um, for sure.
0: You know, I don't see them packaging their first rounder for him, but probably like their second rounder. You know, whether that'll be enough to land him remains to be seen. Um, but obviously, if Philadelphia gets him, then that pretty much like telegraphs the rest of huh. the league that they're in the receiver market at 21.
1: Speaking of um, that, um, yes, yeah, so- uh, I just got a Twitter notification breaking uh, breaking some news here on on the podcast. Yeah, well, because that's well, what we not. do developing story eagles and lions are discussing a trade involving cornerback darius slay there, there are, are ongoing oh, discussions god. between philly and slay on a three-year contract extension
0: yeah i'm a genius
1: so um, i mean alex Katzin's a god yeah so yeah, we don't know what the you, compensation you're, you're would
0: for, be i had a i had a before twitter did right anyway <laughs> so we
1: don't um, know what the compensation would be going to detroit right, but i would assume but, it's going to be a draft pick or two
0: Yeah, so again, I would expect it to probably be a second, maybe some future picks, maybe like a mid-tier player going back to the Lions. Um, But if that trade goes through, which... I would assume it would. Remains to be seen. It's from
1: Justine Anderson. That brings Telegraph
0: to the rest of the league that Philadelphia is squarely in the receiver market at 21. For sure. And so then you to see a couple teams kind of, you know, try to trade up to like that 18 to 20 range to jump them to get their receiver they're choosing. Um, you could see the Eagles, you know, take a receiver at 21 or they'll just take another defensive lineman because Howie Roseman can't get enough of them. Um, and that kind of squares that away. Like you said, it's not going to really affect the Lions that much, but it will affect whichever team gets him, gets Darius Slay, and then that'll have ripple effects around the rest of the league as well.
1: I just think the move by Detroit's it actually underrated good one. I think they might have overpaid him just a little bit, but not because he's a bad player, but because the player you're going to talk about next got less and he's a better corner. So, based on what yeah. the market was you know shaping out to be and this deal came after um your players your players was announced. So, Correct. it's not like they knew they were they didn't know that they were paying Truefant more than your guy they knew that so it 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 was a questionable move from that sense but I think the player and fit still really good for Detroit
0: yeah I agree uh the player that I am going to talk about is someone who went to my favorite team you know who's a good GM Josh Rick Spielman um maybe but Tom Telesco is a really good GM how is he tell me why yeah he's he's really good I've really liked all the moves that the Chargers have made so far this offseason um You know, we've signed Brian Belaga. We've signed Linval Joseph. But the guy that I'm here to talk about is Chris Harris Jr. Um, We signed him to do a two-year $20 million deal. Guarantees haven't come out. So it's, you know, it's kind of variable as to, like, whether or not that second year is a real year. Um, But we'll see. This is a move that I really like. Um, We needed someone to play outside, play corner outside opposite uh, Casey Hayward. Desmond King's a really good slot corner. We're probably going to see Harris and King kind of rotate in between. Slot and outside, kind of sharing those duties. Um, and it doesn't affect the Chargers draft at the top. I think they're still going to go quarterback and then offensive tackle. But it does affect the third round and onward, I think. Um, at least for me, most of the seven-round mocks that I've done for the Chargers, I've been quarterback, offensive tackle, and then corner in round three, and then address some of the other needs later in the draft. But now I think you could see the Chargers – turn their focus to other positions in the third round because we have the secondary squared away. Um, you know, whether yeah, that's a wide receiver to so put good. in the slot to um, replace Travis Benjamin is kind of a, a speed threat down the down the seam, like a Devin Duvernay maybe. Um, whether that's uh, interior offensive lineman, you know, if we want to get another guard to pay, pair with Trey Turner, get a center to kind of relieve, to kind of uh, be the successor to Pouncey. Um you know, there's a couple other directions we could go, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do now in kind of the middle rounds. Um, obviously, I, th- I think we probably still will take a corner, but I think it'll be much later, a guy that we can kind of develop behind Chris Harris, hope that that guy comes along so that we are in a position to still compete with that guy on a rookie contract at, um, once Chris Harris's contract expires.
1: I love the Chargers secondary.
0: Oh me too, dude. It's they, so
1: good. they have my two favorite safety prospects in the last two drafts in Nasir Adderley and Derman James. You have two legitimate shutdown corners. Although aging, Casey Hayward and Chris Harris are still really good. And Desmond King was a steal in the draft. Was it two years ago?
0: Yeah.
1: So eighteen. Yeah. So the the secondary is absolutely insane with the Chargers. Um still could use some help, um along the offensive line for sure, I think. Um, quarterback, to me, I still think I like Tyrod Taylor. I don't like Tyrod Taylor for the future. So cue the Justin Herbert picks because I still think they're taking a quarterback at six. I still uh-huh. I still, think they're taking one. Um, yeah, no, I agree. And then, like you mentioned, I think they could just use a couple more pieces on the front seven potentially as well. Um, so I just think that what this does for the Chargers, it just opens up their possibilities using their day two and day three picks to kind of address bigger needs now that right. corner is kind of fixed in free in uh free agency and like you mentioned Balaga was a really good signing as well so the Chargers have done a really good job this offseason Linval Joseph um former Vikings, so obviously everyone knows how I feel about that signing um really good really good job by Telesco for sure this offseason so far they've had i think one of the better if not the best offseason of any team so far so
0: yeah definitely I think you could see, too, it'll be interesting to see. Telesco usually doesn't trade up. Um, even for Derwin, we didn't trade up. We just kind of let him fall to 17. Still but It could be interesting, with some of the holes being filled on this team, you could see some of those mid-round picks be used as capital to maybe move up from six. For Tua. To make sure we get our guy, you know, whether that's Tua or Herbert or whoever. Jordan um, Love. No, please. <laughs> um but that is something to keep in mind as well.
1: For sure. And I think that that's something that I think would completely shake the entirety of the draft. And that's what we're talking about is you know how these moves affect the draft. If the Chargers now feel like they've fixed the majority of their holes, which I think they've done a really good job at mitigating the need at a lot of positions, um, maybe they feel like they can use two or three of those picks to leapfrog Miami and get... Yeah. Tua or whatever they feel like they need is missing on this team. So I think it's, like I said, really good job by the Chargers organization. Um, They seem to be going um, on the right path to rebuilding. And we'll see what ends up happening in April.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, We're going to move into trades now. Um, We'll maybe do a little bit quicker just to make sure that we fit everything that we want to do in this episode. But um, I guess... Josh, you want to go first? This is a trade that's very near and dear to your heart.
1: So, uh, I'm a Vikings fan. That's not new to anybody. Um, and Stefan Diggs has been a premier player for the Vikings over the last few years. You know, he was the guy that caught the Minneapolis Miracle against the Saints from Case Keenum. He's had a lot of really good memories as a Vikings. We stole him in the draft, um... Him, Daniil Hunter. We got a lot of great late round picks in that draft. Insane job by Rick Spielman. Um, he's become a locker room distraction. I'm going to use to put it lightly um, for the Vikings and wanted out. Um, they traded him to Buffalo for pick 22, a future four, a future six. Um, they got they got a lot of pick. They got three picks for Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Um, so three picks this year year in a future, in a future pick. Um, yeah. And they gave up digs in the 2027th. First, I want to say great job by Rick Spielman getting the value here. This was in, I remember I called you at work once I found out it happened and we got pick 22. What this does for the Vikings. It now allows you to address offensive line and corner potentially in round one or package those two picks to move up to get a premier player at either of those positions. Um, what it does for the Bills is you no longer are going to see a receiver mock to them, I don't think, at all through the first four rounds. Um, they've got Diggs, they've got Brown, they've got Beasley. They've got a really good core there at receiver, and I think 22 is kind of in the spot where we've seen T. Higgins, Justin Jefferson, excuse me, Justin Jefferson going. Now you can look for the Vikings to potentially do a couple different things, whether they go with Diggs' replacement um, in round one, which I wouldn't want to do as a Vikings fan, just because I like the depth in this draft class and think we have bigger needs. Um, but I would love a pairing of like Josh Jones and Jeff Gladney in round one as a Vikings fan.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think, like you said, obviously adding the the extra first round pick for Minnesota really changes, I think, really the entire outlook of the back half of the first. round. Oh, for sure. Um, you know we're like. Could Minnesota even go interior offensive line? You know, I've seen a couple people suggest that maybe they'll take Cesar Ruiz. Which, to me, Um,
1: makes no sense because we have Garrett Bradbury. But, whatever.
0: Sure. But, like, you know, but if you want to take, you know, a Lloyd Cushenberry or Cesar Ruiz, move one of those guys to guard, or play them at center and move Bradbury to guard, you know, there's something to be said for that. I think think it's probably not the best option, but it is something that could happen. Um, But being able to address kind of both those needs at once— I think receiver will get obviously get pushed up the board for Minnesota, but Minnesota has, I think, 12 picks in this yeah, draft. Yeah, we're at round. 12 right now. Um, so, you know, you could see a wide receiver in the second round. You could see a wide receiver in the third round. You could even see a wide receiver that ends up playing meaningful day one snaps in the fourth or fifth round because that's how deep this receiver class is, which is why I think this is such a good deal for the Vikings because getting those two mid-round picks in addition to pick 22 ensures that you will get a receiver who will – be a quality contributor for michael pittman yeah possibly right um because this draft is probably the deepest we've ever seen at the wide receiver position and so this was this is the right time if you were ever going to trade stefan diggs right which i know a lot of people are upset about but again he did become kind of a distraction in that locker room but if you were ever going to trade him this was the year to do it because this wide receiver class is absolutely insane and so it makes a lot of sense to me, and I think the Vikings are going to end up pretty well off. And just to touch on Buffalo for just a second here, they're all in. Oh, like, yeah, 100%. Tom Brady's gone, and Buffalo's like, we're we're just going to swing for it, man. We've
1: seen the best chances to win for a team is when your quarterback's on a rookie contract. Buffalo is real and Brandon Bean's done a great job. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think he gave up a lot, but I think he gave up a lot here knowing what The chances were here. Brady's out the door now. The Jets still have holes to fill on their team. Um, And the best chances to win is when your quarterback's on a rookie contract. Josh Allen, I think, has got two years left, three years left on his deal. So they've got a really good window here to win some games.
0: Yeah. The trade that I picked to talk about is probably the most (laughs) confusing move, not only of this offseason, but probably of my entire life. Oh, Bill. Um, and that's DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth rounder to the Arizona Cardinals for David Johnson, a second rounder, and I think a twenty twenty one pick. Is that uh, what? 2021 it is? Like 2021 fourth. fourth. Yeah. Um, this trade makes no sense to me. I was as shocked. far as yeah, I me too. As far as the draft goes, right? Let's let's not talk about how dumb the deal was. Everyone knows the deal <laughs> was dumb. Let's put that aside. As far as the draft goes, we'll talk about it at the end here, right? Because we do have the seven-round mock for the Cardinals. But I do think it says they're not taking CeeDee Lamb. I I would think, right? Right. They're probably going to go in a different direction. A lot of people said offensive line. That's probably a likely uh, scenario. Um, There's a couple other scenarios that we explored in our mock drafts that we'll talk about. Um, And then for the Texans, first of all, why second of all you know this I don't think that it necessarily rules them out of the running back market even um, in the second round right Where like they kind of they have three picks now in the second round I think where they're going to be able to get probably one of the top tier running backs because we've seen the value of the position drop so drastically and so I think adding a guy to pair with David Johnson like a Clyde Edwards Hilaire or a Jonathan Taylor or you know, someone like that, like even J.K. Dobbins, if he gets that far, right? I think pairing them with David Johnson is something that I would be a big fan of. But the Texans need – we're probably going to draft one of those guys anyway. So it doesn't change much as far as that goes. But it does mean that the Texans should probably take a receiver. And so I think one of those three second rounders will probably end up being a receiver. You know, whether we see – you know, obviously the Cardinals second rounder is a little bit higher. The two Pick other ones four, that they own a little yeah, bit lower. Yeah, it's pick 40. And so, you know, whether that means it's T. Higgins or, like, a Denzel Mims or if they decide to, like, if they decide to go receiver with one of their later picks, like a Michael Pittman, maybe even, like, a Chase Claypool after his absolutely insane combine. Right. You know, guys like that. But it's really something where I think it affects the Cardinals at 8 more than it affects the Texans anywhere in the draft.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty much going to agree with you there. I don't have much to say other than someone needs to save Deshaun Watson. Um, because mm-hmm. they've traded away, um, you know his second best defensive player that gave him a defense in Jadavion Clowney. Um, he doesn't have uh, his number one receiver anymore in DeAndre Hopkins, and it seems. T- and now you've given him a running back, but the running back hasn't been relevant in what three years now? So
0: 2016 was his good. Season yeah, t- yeah.
1: So not ideal for him. So. I'm, I'm not going to comment too much on the deal. I think you've touched on pretty much everything. If you want my full thoughts, I posted a, a tweet about it on Twitter. So you guys can go search for that. But trade was yeah. dumb for the Texans. I don't get it. Um, Cardinals are going to be a lot of fun to watch.
0: Yeah, definitely. Let's move now to our over-under segment. So, again, um, we picked three over-under bets. Uh, one of us took the over, one of us took the under. They're all related to the NFL draft. And whoever loses is going to have to write a positive article about a draft prospect of the winner's choosing. Uh, We made sure we picked all uh, half-overs, so like half-lines, so that there would be no pushes, so there will be a winner. Um, And so let's just get right into it, man, because this is going to be fun. I'm excited about this. So our first one here is over-under four and a half trades in the first round of the 2020 NFL Draft. I picked the under, and you picked the over. Um, I picked the under because I think that there's been too many that have already happened involving first-round picks. You know, we talked about the Buckner trade, the Diggs trade, um, and now it's just like how many more teams are going to move, right? If the Eagles finalize this deal for Darius Slay without including the first-rounder like we touched on, maybe someone tries to jump in front of them, so there's one. The Dolphins are probably going to try to move up to get their quarterback of the future, so that's two. The Seahawks are going to trade out because it's illegal for them to pick in the first round. <laughs> right, I'm
1: banking so on that one.
0: Yeah, and then after that, like where, where do you see them happening?
1: Um, to me, I think you could see New England either trade up or trade down. Um, sure. New England's moved a lot in recent years um, at draft picks, and now with them not having a quarterback, maybe they trade up for a quarterback, or they trade back to uh, gain more capital to put more pieces around Jared Stidham. Um, mm-hmm. or maybe they trade um their first round pick for a veteran quarterback. We we don't know what that uh, is going to look like. Um I also think Tennessee is a possibility to trade out um just to again to gain more capital. They obviously had to um they're a team that is close to the cap um having to get rid of Casey um for nothing um oh, cuz they sure want Oh my god because um, they want to bring back Henry, so they're going to want a lot of guys on rookie deals, so maybe trading back, pick up a few extra picks to help fill out their roster. Um, and then I right. think you're going to see one of these teams that have multiple firsts, whether it's Jacksonville, San Francisco, or Minnesota, either packaged to trade up or trade down. Um, so mm-hmm. I think the draft is crazy, and I, I think that we're going to see at least five trades happen, whether they happen in the ways that we... Um, have predicted them to happen or not. You know, I just think the draft has been crazy. This offseason is any indication of how crazy the NFL is going to be this year. Um, I think we're just in for a treat for the NFL draft.
0: Okay, fair enough. Our next one is over-under 13.5 quarterbacks drafted. Now this is total, right? I have <laughs> not the over, in round one. you have the under. Can I read you the names of the guys that I think it'll be? Absolutely. Okay, Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, Jacob Eason, Jalen Hurts, Jake Fromm, Anthony Gordon, Shea Patterson, Nate Stanley, Steven Montez, James Morgan, and then two of the following. Cole McDonald, Tyler Huntley, Jacob Nip, Kelly Bryant, Jake Luton, Kevin Davidson, Mason Fine, Brian Lewerke. Okay.
1: I only see one of those names that you listed being draftable. I don't want to say draftable. Um but I out of that I would draft, per se, um, mm-hmm. and that is Jake Lutton. Um, so, to me, I'm sitting at the 13. I have 13 that I believe, like, for sure will get drafted, and it's all the names that you listed as your 12 plus Jake Lutton um, yeah. would be 13. I can see someone, you know, going after, like, a Cole McDonald or a Kelly Bryant or whatever, but I think right. that a lot of teams – this in this free agency period we've seen, have addressed a lot of the quarterback needs. Um, that's so true. you're going to see maybe some quarterbacks. I mean, I have no idea where Herbert and Love are going to go anymore, um, and that's just round one. So I think quarterbacks are going to get pushed down the board a little bit um, when we get towards these middle rounds because a lot of teams have figured out their quarterback situation. I mean, the Vikings today re-signed Sean Mannion, so they don't need a backup quarterback anymore. Um, mm. The Bears traded for... Nick Foles, so now they might not draft a quarterback. So sure. um, I think just the teams that we've been kind of looking at mid-round uh, for QBs, whether that's you know the Bears or whoever, they've kind of filled out their depth chart a little bit. So now I just mm-hmm. think they're not going to prioritize taking a quarterback.
0: Fair enough. I think we could see it get as high to about 15. I think 14 is probably my number, but I could see it get to 15. Yeah. I think, like you said, Lut- Lutton – and then I think someone will take a chance on Cole McDonald just because he has. That's the first. that's the other wild card. Yep. And then I think someone will probably use like a seventh round compensatory pick on Jacob Nip, just because I know he's had buzz around him for a couple years coming out of Northern Colorado, and I feel like some team probably won't want to have to bid against the open market for him as an undrafted free agent. That's fair. So that's my reason. Like I said I think our that, last one. Yeah, like I, said, I oh, think I think it's ahead. gonna be go fun. Ahead.
1: Um, yeah. There, there's some. There are a lot of names that you and I are really big fans of that are in that last tier. Um yeah, You know, Lut, I'm Lutton a big and Kelly Nip, fan, but. Personally. Right. So, um, it's going to be interesting. Going to be fun. I just, I'm thinking. I'm trying to get my biases on some of these smaller school guys out of the way when I'm doing this. So. Sure.
0: Our last one is one that is very interesting I think, <laughs> because it's a, it's a specific player that we're split on, and that's Bryce Hall. So it's over under 64 and a half Bryce Hall draft position. And so basically we're basically if you take the under you think Bryce Hall is going to go in the first two rounds. If you take the over, you think he's going di- you think he's going third round or later. So I took the over, Josh took the under. My reasoning is look, I like Bryce Hall. I think Bryce Hall's a good player, but he's gotten injured so many times. So many times. And I think teams are just going to not be willing to take a chance on it, especially with the other corners that are in this class. You kind of look at that tier and you have Noeg Benogany, you have A.J. Terrell, you have Darney Holmes, you have Dane Jackson even, you know, depending on how teams feel about them. You have a lot of guys in that tier that I think teams will be more willing to take a chance on than Bryce Hall. Um, even like a Damon Arnett, a Cameron Dantzler, guys like that, right, where – I, I just don't see him going in the first two rounds. I feel like the third round, like the third, fourth round are really where teams start to take chances on those guys that have injury concerns and have character concerns and, like, per- guys that aren't perfect prospects, guys that aren't perfect fits.
1: Yeah, I think the logic there is pretty, pretty strong. Um, my reasoning for taking uh, the under here is specifically I just really like Bryce Hall. Um, I think yeah. he's my like corner nine at this point um, and that's taking into account you know the injuries and so on and so forth with him um, I like him more than Diggs I like him more than Arnett and Jackson and Holmes um, even Igbenogany to an extent so I think at least when I'm looking at it and evaluating I think that he is a round two player so for me I think that the value here for him is round two um, I think Knowing and specifically, I'm talking about Minnesota here, just as an example. But if Minnesota does decide to go receiver and offensive line with their two first round picks, Bryce Hall, I think, would be a great spot for them to go in corner in round two. Um, so I think that there's just there's going to be teams that are going to see his tape, and cause he, I think, if he didn't have the injury concerns, I think he'd be a borderline round one guy. Um, he'd be like a late round one, early round two guy. I think the injuries. Um, we'll push him down a little bit, but I still think teams are going to value the play on the field. That is pretty pretty strong tape. So, again, maybe it's just a gut feeling for me here with Bryce Hall, but I think he's going to go in round two.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I can definitely see the reasoning. Um, I think Reason. we can both it's... see each other's positions for all three of these, which is what makes this so fun. Um, so stay tuned, everyone, uh, because whoever does lose will have to write a positive article about someone that the winner gets to choose. And maybe we'll do this again. If you guys like it, um, we'll you know, kind of add some more. We can add some more stipulations for the loser and do stuff like that. Because this is a fun segment. I, I really. Oh, like I movie. loved it. All right. So we're going to move now into our seven-round mock draft for the Arizona Cardinals. They have six picks total as it currently stands. Um, they don't have a second, but they do have an extra fourth because of the aforementioned DeAndre Hopkins trade. Trash um, or so- robbery, as we should call it. Yeah, so they don't have pick forty anymore, but I believe they got one thirty one from the Texans. I I would believe it might so, have been yeah. one fourteen, but I it's think it's one of the fourths. Um, they don't have a fifth round pick because they used it in the supplemental draft last year to take Jalen Thompson, the safety out of Washington State. Um, they don't have their own sixth because they used it to trade for Jamar Taylor, but they got an extra sixth because they traded for they traded Corey Cunningham for that pick. So that's how they got the, the picks that they have. Um, And let's just dive right into it. So at pick eight, we went with something a little unconventional. And this is my pick. And if you read my last mock, you already know what it is. I'm sending Isaiah Simmons to Arizona. Now, I understand the DeAndre Hopkins trade probably means that Arizona's going tackle at eight, right? They re-signed DJ Humphries, but they need someone to play the left side. But I think that if Simmons gets to eight, it would be criminal to pass on him. I think it's criminal for anyone to pass on him, honestly, beyond, like, four. Right? Like, I think... Right. Well, the Giants signed a couple linebackers, so maybe not that. But, like, from five to ten, if you pass on Isaiah Simmons, you better have a damn good reason. You are Bill (laughs) O'Brien. Yeah, pretty much. And so, for me, I think, like, regardless of the fit, right, Isaiah Simmons fits in any defense. This is not a question. He's a guy. Um, And so adding him to a defense that has Chandler Jones, a difference maker on the defensive line, you have Patrick Peterson, who I would still quantify as a difference maker, you know, a little bit on the decline, but someone who I still think is a quality player in the secondary. Buda Baker's emerging as a quality player for them at safety. You know, you have Deontay Thompson, you have Jalen Thompson, you have Byron Murphy. You have a lot of pieces on this defense. And I think, you know, you've, you've gone out and you've gotten Kyler Murray, his number one target, right? And so you're set at receiver. You're, I think that offense is pretty much set, right? They seem like they like Kenyon Drake. They really just need a tackle. But the defense, I think, could use a little bit more work. And so adding Simmons here, I feel like just gives them so much flexibility and it allows so many creative things to happen that I would just love to see it.
1: See, I, I love the pick here. I went with Wills. Um, he was available in this particular situation, um, which, by the way, if you guys want to have a little bit of fun, um, go over to fanspeak.com and use the whole nine sports oh, big yeah, board. I forgot. Yeah, I, I realized that. I'm like, no, I'll do it. Um, yeah. go, go over to fanspeak.com it. and choose your favorite team um, and do a mock draft. Go over to um, you know, fanspeak.com, click the mock draft on the clock simulator, um, choose your team. Then the next election will be choosing a big board. Go over and choose a whole nine sports big board. Um, it'll be updated very soon. The uh, last update was about a month ago, so it's going to be updated hopefully. I believe what? End of the week? Next week? Something like that? Yeah. Very soon. soon. Um, I know Alex Similar. and I are compiling our boards as we speak. So um, we'll be sending those over to review, and then we'll get those all posted up for you guys on fanspeak.com. Choose your favorite team, and then go ahead and tweet at us what your boards look, look like. Using our big board, and tell us how you how you uh, how you feel about it. So make yeah, sure you guys use go the over
0: hashtag W use the hashtag hashtag WNS draft. Yeah, uh, there you, you go. Wanna, if you want us to see it,
1: so right. it's it's gonna be uh we know we've had a lot of fun using it. We want to shout out to Steve for giving us the platform to use you, fanspeak Steve. um dot com to have our big board on there. But going back to Simmons, had to get that plug out of the way because you know. Shameless plugs over here on the WN Always. Draft Podcast. Um, I I think offensive tackle is more logical here, um, but the way the, the drafts fell um, for us, the value was better for us to address the linebacker spot at pick eight and getting a tackle later in the draft as opposed to um, vice versa. So I think Simmons is a really fun player. I think if I had to bet money right now, I think Simmons goes to the ja- uh not to the Jags, the Panthers at seven and mm-hmm. the Cardinals take a tackle, but that's not how this particular yeah. simulator fell. So, we're going to have a little bit of fun here. Isaiah Simmons, pick eight to the Cardinals. I have really have no complaints.
0: Yeah, me neither. Uh, moving now to round three. Like I said, there's no second rounder anymore because you turned it into DeAndre Hopkins. Congratulations. Yeah, right. Uh, hey. Pick 72, though, is still owned by the Cardinals. And we went with a corner. We went with Darnay Holmes, the corner out of UCLA. This is another one that I really like. I think again you we talked about just now Patrick Peterson is you know a little bit on the decline and i think that they could the cardinals could afford to add a slot corner as well Darnell Holmes can play inside or outside i think you probably start him out as a slot corner you have Patrick Peterson and Byron Murphy on the outside i really like that trio of corners and then as Patrick Peterson kind of continues to decline you know whatever the cardinals are going to do with him they've been rumored to trade him like the past 3 seasons or something um every year it seems like his contract is going to expire at some point. If they choose not to re-sign him, then you could just push Holmes to the outside. You have a young secondary with Darney Holmes and Byron Murphy, that I think is still a really good duo of corners. Um so I really like this fit both for now and for the future.
1: Yeah, so uh Darney Holmes was one of my favorite players in this entire draft class. And I know I feel like Me I too. say that about a lot of players in this draft class, but this draft I class is really, like really good.
0: Everyone in this draft class.
1: Especially in the secondary, you know. Yeah, every definitely. every safety, every corner, I'm just, I just love them except for Trayvon Diggs. Um, but Holmes is someone that we really fell in love with in Mobile, um, and I think the fit here is really, really nice. Um, like you mentioned, they kind of need someone to play in the slot. Holmes, I think, is a great option to do so, um, and I think you can either put Holmes in the slot or you can put Murphy in the slot but put Holmes outside. I think just giving True. the Cardinals versatility and options, and especially after adding Simmons, they can move really anyone in the linebacker and uh, secondary around if you need to. Um, and it now gives you a potential replacement if you do move on from Patrick Peterson, which I'm not sure they're going to anymore because I don't think they're in a rebuild. I think they have a chance to legitimately compete for a playoff spot. So Yeah, for sure. I, I love the pick here. Um, And Holmes, really good player. And it addresses a need. So, so far, so good for me.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so now that we're moving into day three picks, we'll go a little bit quicker. We do want to get you guys in and out in, in, in an hour or so. Um, so now moving to the fourth round. This is the Cardinals' original pick at pick 114, it looks like. Um, we went with Matt Pert, the offensive tackle from UConn. steel um, because, because we didn't go tackle before, we decided to go tackle now. This is where the fact that our board is going to be updated very soon yeah. comes in. Matt Pert's not going to be there in the fourth. Round. No way. Matt Pert is probably going to be a second rounder. Uh, he's been a huge riser throughout the process. Looked good at the senior bowl, looked good at the combine. He's not, he's, I think my offensive tackle six right now? I think now? he's my seven, so not too far off. Sorry, he's my 10, but <laughs> I still have to watch a lot of them. Um I do still really like him. I think this tackle class he's, is a lot deeper than I He's He's played.
1: my eight, so uh, I guess I was yeah, a little bit so, off too.
0: Yeah. Um, but still a really good player. I think someone who could develop into a long-term starter at left tackle for them. Um, another pick that I really like.
1: Yeah, pretty much well said there. I, I like Matt Pert. Um, a lot of people seem to like Matt Pert. And the Cardinals need to protect Kyler. So the pick seems to yep. go really well here. The other fourth rounder we went with is uh, Jordan Elliott, who we both actually picked at the specific spot in our simulator. Um, yeah. Great minds think alike. Um, not sure if he's going to be there in round four either after our next big board update. Yep. But he's he's someone that's a really, Go good, pl- really good player, um, really good value at this spot. Um, outside of Chandler Jones, I don't know a ton of guys that are a big impact for the Cardinals on the defensive line. Um, bringing Elliott in will give someone that has had some sparks of high productivity at Mizzou and brings in a solid player in the middle. I think that he's someone that will fit this scheme really well. And, like I said, give another impact potential player on that front four.
0: Definitely. Um, Rodney Gunter just signed with the Jags today, You know, a uh, guy who was a starter on the Cardinals' defensive line, I believe. And so you look at the Cardinals, and it's like, okay, you probably want to run stuff in D-tackle, right? And Jordan Elliott fits that bill for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so this is another fit that I really like. Moving out of the sixth round, pick 202. We went with Colby Parkinson, the tight end out of Stanford. Um, this is a guy who I personally really like. I made this pick. Um, Parkinson is a guy that I like. I think this tight end class, while it's not very good necessarily, I think it's better of, than like, people no are giving it credit players, for. Right, but like, there's no top top players, right? That's fair. But I think that like tight end one to tight end like ten or so is a very tight group. It's very there's not a lot separating tight end one from tight end ten. That's fair. Probably like maybe like 50 spots on a board. Um, And Parkinson is definitely a top 10 tight end in this class. And I think, you know, it remains to be seen for me. You know, obviously year one of the Cardinal system with Cliff Cliff Kingsbury last year. You know, we don't really have a great idea of what it's going to look like going forward. But, I mean, the Air Raid doesn't necessarily use tight ends a ton. But I do think Parkinson provides enough value both as a receiver and as a blocker we're using a six-round pick on him kind of seeing what you have maybe getting him involved in the pass game a little bit but mostly using him as a blocker for Kenyon drake or whoever else is going to be your running back i think is going to be something that's very valuable and this is another fit where i i could see it happening for sure
1: well i like the value in round six for a guy like colby parkinson i think my grade on him is going to land somewhere between round four and round five um, yep. So adding another piece to the offense for Kyler to play around with, um, with now seemingly six different receivers, um, Kenyon Drake at running back, and now adding a, a potential difference maker at tight end. In both the run game and the pass game, I think it fits really well um, with what the Cardinals are trying to do offensively, and it'll take pressure off Kyler, which, again, I've preached this and preached this. The best way to take pressure off a young quarterback is protect him and get him enough weapons to where he doesn't have to overthink a lot of reads and kyler can make these big splash plays but if those splash plays aren't there he'll have a tight end that can make reliable catches you know 10 yards and in for him
0: yeah definitely um and then the last pick pick 222 which is uh right right in the middle of the seventh round i guess i was about to say it's like right at the end but now that we have comp picks comp picks it's it's in the middle yep yeah so it's closer to the middle uh, we went with an edge rusher that's james smith williams from nc state this is a guy who i really like as a sleeper edge in this class i think this edge class gets really weird once you get past like the round two guys um, yeah you know, like the curtis weaver julian aquara terrell lewis sort of tier after that it's kind of all over the place like i like the guy that i have is my uh, edge 11 someone else might have as their edge 24 and i would have no problem with it right like it's just it's just kind of weird. It's just like this giant blob of guys. And James Smith-Williams William, fits into that. And I think that he's he might go a little bit higher than people are expecting, I think, because he is such a gifted athlete. Um, this pick is mostly just like you have Chandler Jones, but there's really not anyone on the other side that's a threat, at least not that I'm aware of. Um, and so adding Smith-Williams kind of be a rotational guy to start off with, hope that he can develop into someone that really turns into, like, a real bona fide threat across from Chandler Jones um, so that he's not double teamed every time the opposing offense has the ball. I think that's something that's going to be very valuable for them and just adding another piece to that defense, um, which, and, like oh, we said, ahead. is kind of a weak point of the team right now.
1: Oh, for sure. And like I said, adding it in round seven, you're taking a chance on someone. and Yeah, of course. And I don't think this is – this is a more of a high – Floor type of player in round seven, as opposed to someone's going to have a super high ceiling, yeah, um, which is kind of hard to find in rounds. In later rounds, um, you're you're more so taking a chance on guys that maybe you're just banking on ceiling. I think, like I said, right. the Cardinals just need to add a bunch of talent because I think they are in win now mode. I think their window to win starts this coming season, especially the DeAndre Hopkins trade kind of speeds things up a little bit. So getting someone that has a higher floor that can come in and make a difference immediately, whether that's as a rotational pass rusher, however you want to use him, day one, I think is huge for Arizona.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's going to do it for us today, guys. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, as always. Uh, If you like the show, go ahead and give it a five-star review wherever you're listening. We do appreciate those. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at WN Pod. Follow me on Twitter at Alex Katzen. That's Katzen with a K. I'm almost to 250. That's my goal by by the draft. So help me out. Um, follow Josh at Josh Berg0611. Follow our website at Whole Nine Sports. Make sure you go to whole nine sports.com, read all of our latest articles, uh, mock draft scouting reports, interviews, etc. Uh make sure you go to Fanspeak. Dot com Use the whole nine sports big board. Again, that will be updated very soon. Send us your drafts with the hashtag, du- hashtag WNS draft. And we'll uh, maybe we'll comment on them and give give some feedback. For sure. For sure.
1: Um, I'm, I'm happy to be back. I'm happy to be yeah, back in the travesty. Yeah, I'm happy
0: to have you back, man. Uh, I, uh, make sure you leave a leave a five-star review and comment your favorite reason that Josh is back. Right. All right. Until then, we will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.